Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. Nearly 2.4 million individuals in the United States, that's 1% of the adult population, were living with hepatitis C virus, or HCV, from 2013 through 2016 according to estimates from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. In 2016, the World Health Organization committed to eliminating viral hepatitis as a public health threat by setting goals of reducing mortality by 65% and reducing new infections by 80% by the year 2030, compared with 2015 rates. With us today to talk more about HCV is Dr. Vincent Lowe-Ray, who is an Associate Professor of Medicine of Infectious Diseases and Epidemiology at the University of Pennsylvania, Senior Scholar in the Penn Center for Clinical Epidemiology and Biostatistics, and Co-Director of the Penn Center for AIDS Research Clinical Core. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dr. Lowe-Ray. Once a diagnosis of HCV is made, follow-up appointments are necessary to manage treatments and monitor progress. What are some common pitfalls in HCV management? You know, depending on whether or not you have reflexive HCV RNA testing, that one of the gaps is is people who have a diagnosis are antibody positive, may not come back for RNA confirmatory testing. So that, that leaves a gap in care right automatically. I think there still are gaps in care with regards to people who actively use alcohol or actively inject drugs. Um, And there's been a number of studies now that have shown that even with high levels of alcohol use, still, you know, over 90% of patients who receive direct-acting antiviral drugs can still achieve a sustained virologic response a cure of their hepatitis C. And the same thing has been shown with people who inject drugs. And so it's, it's somewhat disconcerting when I, see, when I hear about patients who have been turned away from health care and told you need to abstain from using alcohol or drugs before we can consider you for hepatitis C treatment. Because it's, you know, there are data that show that these patients will still adhere if they're coming to visits to show up to receive hepatitis C therapy. And obviously, you know, this is going to be one of the higher, you know, prevalence groups automatically in terms of hepatitis C that we want to treat and cure. So I think that that too is a pitfall in hepatitis C management, this failure to treat patients with coexisting alcohol or or, or drug use. I think another another common pitfall is, you know, you have patients who will initially show up for hepatitis C treatment evaluation, and still in many areas around the country, they will be recommended to go forward with, with antiviral therapy, but their insurer will deny their therapy for substance abuse, for uh, alcohol uh, use. And that too, that kind of insured denial is another challenge and, and pitfall. And, you know, we our group studied this over the last several years 
and you know initially there were there were issues and denials more common in Medicaid beneficiaries than in Medicare commercial insurances and then we re- repeated that study in 2017 and showed that actually you know over the change in time more commonly than the private insurers were denying either because you know of of substance abuse uh, alcohol use and and those kinds of lack of reimbursement for hepatitis C antivirals is another pitfall and it's incredibly frustrating disconcerting to patients to you know have the desire go forward with making clinical appointments following up clinical appointments and then having having your insurer deny you you know this medication so i think the, these are probably some of the most common pitfalls at this point hcv is now curable but reinfection is common over time what are your best practices for reducing the risk of reinfection the highest incidence of reinfection you know typically occurs in individuals either who are injecting drugs or individuals uh, men who have sex with men those, those are those are really the most common subgroups uh, for which hepatitis C reinfection currently is an issue I think I tell all of the patients that I that I care for and I would encourage this to all providers that the hepatitis C antibody is not protective against reinfection. And it is critical to educate your patients at the time that they are preparing to start treatment that even if they cure, they could be reinfected if risk behaviors recur. And they could be reinfected even with the same genotype, the same strain of hepatitis C. We need more studies that examine and test interventions to reduce potential for uh, hepatitis C reinfection. This is still a a really, I think, a fertile area for research at this point. Um, and, And whether that is education alone, education in concert with uh, other interventions like working with allies, uh, various programs. You know, I, I don't know uh, what at this point. I don't think we know yet what what's the optimal approach. Um, but at present, to me, education is is the key. Letting patients know that reinfections can occur with hepatitis C if risk behaviors recur. And you know, I, I educate about the risk behaviors resumption of injection or intranasal drug use, particularly in the hopes to to reduce, you know, the likelihood for reinfection. I will tell you that, you know, obviously unprotected sex is another risk risk behavior and educating patients about, uh, you know, use of, of barrier protection uh, also is another approach. Great. Thank you again for speaking with me today and answering my questions. Well, it was my pleasure, and I hope that some of the information that was, you know, gleaned in this conversation will help other healthcare providers to, you know, treat more patients with hepatitis C and get them through the hepatitis C care continuum so that we can reduce the overall prevalence of hepatitis C and reduce the likelihood of of end-stage liver disease and other liver complications.